That was just chaos. That was a movie that basically didn't stop. And it was just a glimpse of a person's life or life of different people, but mostly the Adam Sandler character of just chaos and anxiety and more chaos and just, you know, you're, you're seeing just how on edge he was and it's, it's, you know, it's almost like he didn't want to be in that chaos or maybe he did, but regardless, he that it, it seemed like that was all he knew, because whatever he did, just something else came up, or he caused something else, and then he was just back into the whole rigmarole and the whole system and the whole cycle of chaos. So just from the very beginning, when when I I had no idea what this movie was about at all. Um, I know that there was buzz on Adam Sandler's performance, which was good. Although, you know, because he's just Adam Sandler and he's been, you know, around for so long, you think of him basically as, basically, I mean, he's had some dramatic roles, but basically as the, you know, the let's do it and blah, you know, all his, his comedic characters. So this was quite the departure for him, and I thought he did a really good job, and it's just, you know, separating the the Adam Sandler character that one is used that he's used to playing to the the character he's playing now. Plus, I thought his teeth looked a little fake, um, but aside from that, uh, his performance was was really good, and um, it was a very New York movie. It was a very New York movie, almost in the vein of a '70s New York movie, but a New York movie that took place in 2012. So it had the I, I saw that Scorsese was a. Um, producer of it and it had that Scorsese vibe like almost like the taxi driver type of vibe you know or like the 70s New York movies like something like like a Serpico it it had a grittiness to it so even though New York in 2012 was relatively calm compared to New York in the 70s it still captured that energy of New York really well and the chaos and the chaos of New York that I enjoyed (laughs) very much um uh, we are in a pandemic, so I haven't actually... I'm on Long Island, so but I was in the city quite often, and I haven't been in the city for a couple of months, and I miss my city, and I myself like the chaos of New York City. Um, not the chaos of uncut gems, not the chaos where I put myself in, in harm's way, but I like the fast pace of the city. I like the energy of the city. I really like the crowds. I, I didn't mind a crowded subway or trying to catch a train or trying to dodge people or weaving in and out of things. And just all that energy was just so enthralling uh, for me. And it just, you know, one of the many things that saddens me, you know, it's relatively low, you know, on the, on uh, the spectrum of, um, what this pandemic is doing. Um, and, that's just one of them for me. Obviously, the highest or the amount of people that are now dead in, in the United States as of this recording, it's about 100,000. So it's just absolutely ridiculously mind-blowing. Anyway, let me get back to the movie. Um, so, yeah, so the, the, the chaos of Manhattan um, 
the the chaos of this person's life, just what he did and how he would go out at night and wake up in the morning and he had his wife and he had his girlfriend and he has, had his apartment and he had the kids and he had the jewelry and, the, and trying to make money and then just once he's ahead or he thought he was ahead, he's now behind and then he just does something self-destructive. So it was just a... Just a glimpse into how self-destructive he was. It would have been interesting to find out his past, why he was the way he was and how he was brought up, uh, how he ended up this way, really. That that would have been an interesting um, dive into the character. But I understand why the movie did this. I think he just wanted to – you know, our, our imagination may paint a, uh, a better story anyway. So I would, I'm guessing that the, the writer – or writers of the movie um, wanted us to just kind of imagine what this person's life was like. You got a glimpse of his family a little bit, um, and then just how interconnected he was to the um, to Arno, the Eric Bogosian character, um, and then you know how it showed. You know, I thought the ending was a little you know, when when Adam Sandler and the Eric Bogosian characters were killed. I thought it. You know, I thought it kind of came out of nowhere, but it. But then again, it kind of didn't. I guess I was just assuming that the hitmen for Arno were relatively low level and didn't resort to murder because you didn't really get a backstory about him. You didn't get a backstory of where they came from and why they're with Arno. So, you, so that's why I, I felt that it came from out of nowhere. You know, I thought that maybe they were just guys to rough up Adam Sandler, um, but not go that far. And considering. Um, Howard um, won all that money. Why would you kill him? Was it for ego? What you know? That's what it seemed like. It was just for ego. The 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 gangsters were seemed like they didn't want to be humiliated. Um, but that being said, then you know, unless they're going to find a way to get the money, which is um, what Julia was on our way back to getting. So, you know, so the movie left a little bit of mystery, but it kind of reminded me, you know, spoilers for The Departed, but kind of like at the end of The Departed where just people just kept getting shot and it's like, huh, what, huh? So um, it would have been interesting to see what happened after, you know, the aftermath. I'm, I'm usually interested in aftermaths of movies. Um, but that being said, it, 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 it had that 70s greediness, but then it had kind of like an 80s soundtrack. Um, and I'm curious why it took place in 2012 of all years, but not the modern times. So I wonder if there's a connection towards that. I thought Kevin Garnett's performance was really good. I'm not really a basketball guy. I know that Kevin Garnett's a basketball player, but I, I didn't know he had acting ability. So it was really cool to see his performance. And then, you know, the acting all around um, – was uh was really good so um so yeah so what i like about movies uh when movies you know when it's done well is that it can project an emotion onto the uh audience member and that audience member feels it and then when the when the movie's done you can kind of kind of let it go and and i was anxious throughout the whole movie like it was similar to when i watched dunkirk dunkirk um i like had my hands balled up in a fist the whole time and you know i know that i'm not going to get hurt watching the movie but i still feel what the characters are feeling and then at the end i can be like okay i've been through that but i'm not killed i'm okay and then you know i can kind of go on with my day so it's it catharsis in a way to where I'm not hurt. So that's why I, I love um, 
one of the reasons I, I love movies because movies are, are a journey for me. So regardless of whether it's a comedy, a drama, a horror movie, to for a writer and director and filmmakers to have the skill to project those feelings or project those emotions or project those vibes, whatever you want to call it, onto the audience member is such a such a great skill. So uh, kudos to um, the director for that. I'm terrible with names of character names and director's names and writer's names. So um, and I'm just recording it right after I saw the movie. So I don't even I'm not even looking it up because I just want my reaction to be to be fresh. So I'll put the the names in the notes um, so you can read it there. Um, So overall, I think Adam Sandler's getting Oscar buzz. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he was nominated. Um, Very good, very different performance for him. Daring, you know, daring, not in in a professional sense. He can do whatever he wants. He has enough money to really do whatever he wants. And I think with that money comes freedom for him. So he's not doing this for the money. He's doing it for the art and, you know, possibly some some cred and, and to do something different. You don't want to do a Billy Madison movie every single time. And you don't want to play Adam Sandler in in, in every movie every single time. And, and this was at least the of the Adam Sandler movies I've seen, probably the least like Adam Sandler that he's played. I did watch, I didn't watch all of it, but I watched most of Funny People. And, you know, he kind of played Adam Sandler, but like a low-key Adam Sandler, I guess. But this seemed like the, Howard seemed the furthest apart from him. I would have liked to have, um, have a deeper dive into the, to the jewelry business in, Manhattan at the time. So I wish they would have gone more into that. Maybe the politics of the jewelry business, you know, certainly coming from different countries and how people buy them, how people sell them, how people appraise them. So I, I, if I, you know, my my one, well, not, you know, my, my little criticism of the movies, wish I would have dove deeper into that. But like I said, I understand it was less of a story about the jewelry business, but more of a story about, um, a jeweler and his and his chaotic, chaotic life, and uh, who knows chaos better than better than the world right now? Ugh. Anyway, uh, this is actually my. F- actually, no, that's not true. The podcast before this was recorded during the pandemic. See, I'm I'm losing track of time as we speak. So that being said, I hope everybody is safe. I hope everybody please use um, credible sources of information. Um, when you do find out information, you know, stick with the New York Times, USA Today, uh, the CDC, the WHO, listen to scientists, epidemiologists, please use credible sources, um, and please, please, please stay safe, all right? So, uh, that being said, you can find me on Twitter at Podcast, and, um, you can find me on Facebook at Podcast. And you can email me at mmampodcast at gmail.com. All right, everybody. Bye.